Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good evening. Hello, everybody. I'm Glenn Crooks. Here's the boys. Aurelio Hudis, Roberto Abramowitz. And who's this guy, Matt Harmon? This is a Soccer in the City Live. And uh, yeah, I'm Glenn Crooks. Radio commentary on the English side for New York City FC. Roberto and Ariel on the Spanish side. And Matt, well, he's on the Red Bull New York side. And why is that important? Well, we've got the U.S. Open Cup match uh, coming up tomorrow, the quarterfinal at Red Bull Arena. Before we get going, and that's the way we'll kick this thing off, uh, we're also going to go back and uh, see uh, about Nick Cushing's debut as the interim manager in the 1-1 draw against Colorado at Yankee Stadium. A little Matt Turner talk. Uh, He uh, had his farewell match and didn't play. Uh, last Sunday, a Columbus crew, they've got a, a record signing today, a little, uh, a little DP action, young DP action for them, a uh, guy from South America. DC United is going to have the all-star game. Apparently they got a big press conference and wondering is if this is making amends for them, not getting, uh, the uh, world cup as a venue, U S men's national team. They're going to play Japan and Saudi Arabia in their two September matches leading into the World Cup, which has certainly opened themselves up for some discussion. And a little bit look back at New York, Philadelphia. Uh, There's some stadium talk and some alternate stadium talk, so we'll bring that up a little bit too. And a former New York City manager is uh, once again looking for work. So that's what we're going to do here in the next hour or so. But but first, let's start off with this uh, U.S. Open Cup and – for the third time, New York City will meet the New York Red Bulls in the Cup. Uh, the Red Bulls are 2-0, and uh, and for the most part at Red Bull Arena have been massively dominant, and that's the site of uh, tomorrow's game. So, uh, Matt Harmon, you get the first words. Welcome to uh, Soccer in the City, and uh, how are you tonight? I'm good, Glenn. I, I, I'm, I'm going to – I mean, listen, you and I go back a long way, right? I'm a little confused. You said – here are the guys, and then you kind of you singled me out a little bit. I feel like I'm a little bit of an outlier. That's number one. And number two, everything that you just listed in there, that's like three hours worth of show, not an hour. I mean, how many topics do you guys cover on this show? Well, plus we're going to have – plus we're giving away tickets, four tickets. We'll have some trivia. After we kick you off in a few minutes, we're going to do some trivia. And, so, and, and to be fair, with the four of us on here – 
does anything else really matter but what's going to take place Wednesday night at Red Bull Arena? I mean, that's why that's 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 the idea of soccer in the city tonight, isn't it? Not really, except when this is over, I'm going to put on some good music. Probably my, my man Bob Marley back here, and uh, that'll be pretty good, too. Maybe even a glass of red wine. Who knows? But anyway. Well, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys, and I'm really excited for uh, the game on Wednesday because the way that it has kind of played itself out, uh, you've got right now the top two teams in the Eastern Conference in the table. Um, it, it feels like it's been forever ago that these teams have played against one another because they haven't seen each other yet this season and the kind of earlier start to the year. Um, and I think it sets up to be a, a really good game, you know, in, in so many ways, it's what all of us, whether it's media, whether it's the, the franchises themselves, the fans have all kind of been clamoring for you mentioned the two open cup games that the teams have played in the past, but never this deep. Right. I mean, never where you're right now, you can you can see it right in front of you. That's a championship. That's an open cup trophy because you win the next three games and you're going to be the last team standing. And it's more than a trophy, Ariel. It's CONCACAF Champions League, which, you know, is uh, with Seattle winning this year. MLS will try to make it back to back. Yeah, sure. It's a very important game for both teams. Uh... Obviously, hey, who's, the, who's got the dog? Who invited my the dog? dog? It's my dog. It's my All dog. Right. It's my dog. <laughs> I hope All he right. stops barking in a second. Yeah, um, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, it's a very important game for both teams. Uh, after NYCSC raised uh, the MLS Cup trophy last year, uh, they want to keep going and uh, MLS um, Open Cup is a is a very good opportunity for them to to to, to keep on winning, and of course for the Red Bulls is a very important game. It's against the the, the biggest rival or the most uh, close rival. Um, it's a derby game. It's an important game. Both teams are playing well. Both teams are being noticed around the league. So it's a very good opportunity for for both of them to 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 show up and play uh, an exciting game on, on Wednesday night. Roberto, you haven't spoken yet, so I'm, it's your, it, we're going in order here, so you're up. No, well, normally I'm accustomed to going first because Abramo, it normally goes first. I'm being treated like the last part of my name that ends in Z, but fine, I'll deal hey, with listen, it. Okay. Hey, listen, I either went first or last. And you know how they lined you up to take pictures in the school by, by height? <laughs> Most of the time it went from tallest to shortest. So I had to wait in line. I was always last. So just go ahead. No, well, that's okay. I don't mind being last. This is a cast of all-stars over here that I'm with. So I'm very happy. Um, look, New York City thought that they should have won Champions League. And with every right, they should have thought so. Um, obviously, Seattle did very well and beat them. And, uh, and then they beat Pumas and they got that. But that was New York's championship. They, they felt just as strongly as Seattle did that they should have they should have been able to win that. Uh, and especially that the way that they played in Red Bull Arena, uh, you know, they deserved more than, you know, than just tying 1-1. But, you know, that's life. They didn't win it. So I would think that they would put some sort of priority on this game because, as Matt said, and we've been talking about, you're, you're three games away from hoisting a major championship, you know, a historic championship in this country, and also – qualifying again to Champions League and getting another shot at winning that trophy and then going to whatever version 
of the club world cup that you can be invited to, you know, because of it, because that's all a mess right now as well. But uh, it's an important game, I think. And we're going to see how, you know, we haven't spoken to Nick uh, since before the game uh, on Sunday. So we really don't know how he's going to approach this game. And I'm very interested to see if he puts out his strongest lineup tomorrow and then, you know, plays it a little bit. Well, he'll have four days, so he can uh, play basically the same lineup against Philadelphia. So, well, what he, But he, uh, he, I think he did, that he's he going to put his ball me. tomorrow. He did talk about it a little bit in the briefing before the game. And uh, you saw guys like Keaton Parks on the bench. You know, Keaton Parks will be in the 11, I'm certain, on Wednesday. So the bench was strong, and I think you'll see a, a few of the guys from the bench in the 11. It'll be a strong unit either way, and I'm sure Gerhard Struber will handle it the same way. But, Matt, before – I, I want to get your comments on Struber in a moment. But uh, first, uh, last year, uh, it was an odd schedule. Uh, they played uh, back-to-back games because one was rained out. We remember that one. So on September 22nd and September the 25th, back-to-back games, a 1-1 draw at Red Bull Arena. Then uh, the Red Bulls beat uh, New York City at Yankee Stadium 1-0. And then October the 17th, back at Red Bull Arena, a 1-0 win for uh, Red Bull. So here's Gerhard Struber today. Uh, the question was about the uh, the success last year, a couple of wins and a draw against New York City. Yeah, tomorrow is, uh, is also a little bit different, different players like the last season. But I think uh, the biggest key was, uh, was our togetherness um, against them. Yeah, I think uh, we were so on the same page. I can remember the synchronized moments, what we create and... Um, from the first line until the last line, I think we was uh, so clear in the plan and uh, and we was brave, brave in many moments to to play our game in transitions, and uh, and I think they have a lot of problems with us to manage our our intensity, our power, and um, and also the the spirit what we have. And tomorrow, I think. Uh, uh, the boys um, are ready from the, I think, from the energy, from the togetherness, we're on a very high level. Uh, from the tactical side, I think also in our principles, we, we're growing. Uh, also, the output is good. Yeah, and it's a, it's a big show tomorrow. I think uh, uh, at the moment, um, yeah, we are the number two, New York City, the number one in the table. We can see that, and I think everything will be very, very close, and the details are decided in the end, uh, the game. and. Uh, and for that, you need an outstanding focus. This was also very good in the last season when we play against them from the first second until the last second, that you are ready. And I think this is tomorrow very, very important that we can um, yeah, find, find in our typical way very quick in the game and, uh, and play our, our, our game. And then, uh, yeah, then it's not easy for them. All right. So I, I feel like uh, I'm... I'm military here you know responding to to struber synchronized moments brave clear in our plan intensity power so he's an interesting guy matt and uh i'm curious you've gotten to know him a little bit and i I wonder uh, his relationship with the players and uh with that accent as well that's very well i know he's austrian but it's very german sounding which is close enough He's been so much fun to be around, Glenn, the last couple of years that he's been um, the head coach. And, and and clearly, it was a challenge probably at the beginning for him to know us and us to know him because we were all doing with, with COVID when he did take over. And then last year was a little bit better. This year has just been awesome. I mean, his, his personality, 
when you talk to them one-on-one, um, it, it, it pops off the table. I mean, sitting down with him one-on-one is something that every week, you know, every game we do before the game and it's tremendous. Um, and I, and I would say this, the, the, the players love him. The players absolutely love him. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. And I think you saw that last year when they had to make, you know, basically an almost win every game type mentality from August through the end of the year to even get into the playoffs. And this year it's been it's been much of the same. And I think the game that they just had against Toronto was a real important one um, because for for one of the rare times this year, the game before that in Charlotte, the team did not look good. They really didn't. It was maybe the worst game that they had played all year. But then to bounce back and, and beat Toronto uh, the way that they did, play the style that they wanted to, dictate the game in so many in so many ways, I thought was really important. Um, and and I think it's great, right? You've got two very confident teams going into the game on Wednesday. But just to finish the thought on on coach, um, the players love him. We love him on the media side. He's been um, very outgoing with us, very honest and upfront. He's he's really all that you could ask for. All right. And obviously he's got a, a, his club in second place. Is he still is he sort of uh, like a Chris Armas, like a Jesse Marsh, where it's the uh, us against the world mentality? I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll read his post match. Uh, I don't hear them all the time, hear him say them, but I'll read them. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's still using that approach. I don't think so this year. I think you've seen a little bit less of it. Um I think it, at times he's very honest with the teams that we have played in terms of where he feels the talent might be on another side. He's been honest about uh, things like players coming in in a transfer window. And that, I mean, that's been a huge key when you, when you look at the, the players that Red Bull did acquire during the course of the window, that's a big reason why the team has had so much success, but I don't think it's been so much us against them because I think this team, um, Young though it is, and it's still one of the youngest rosters in Major League Soccer, but again, go back to the point that I just made. Some of the players they brought in in the offseason, a Lewis Morgan, who's in his mid-20s, a Lachinius, who's in his mid-20s. These are guys that are are entering or are already now in their prime, as opposed to maybe the last couple of years, you brought in some younger guys hoping they would develop. Now this kind of batch of players, they've already established themselves, and those two guys specifically – um, have just been tremendous. I mean, Lucinius is so much fun to watch. And Lewis Morgan, with all his versatility and his ability to put the ball in the back of the net, um, has been a great add for this team's attack, which, again, go back to last year. Where was the team struggling? They were fantastic defensively, even without Aaron Long, all during the course of last year. This year, their, their play going forward um, has been so much better than it was a year ago. And uh, and Lucinius named the MLS Player of the Week today, coming off um, an, another Brazilian having success in the league. And and Roberto, the thing that, to me about this matchup at Red Bull Arena, the thing that jumps out for all of you guys is um, 9, 10, 11, 12 games have been played between these two. The Hudson River Derby, 12 matches in all competitions at Red Bull Arena. New York City has one win. Nine, one, and two—the uh, Red Bulls' advantage. So, what the hell is it about Red Bull Arena? 
It's not Red Bull Arena. It's a revolt, and, and that's what it is, especially I, when they play gonna, at home. I was leading I mean, into that, Somebody's going to jump on that. <laughs> well, but it's, it is what it is. I mean, because New York City has played at Red Bull Arena as a home team a lot, and they've done very well there. So it's just when they face the Red Bulls that they have issues, and because the Red Bulls and their style of play is something that causes uh, chaos for New York City. And I'm very interested to see how Nick Cushing is going to deal with it. We've seen how other coaches uh, – have tried and then adjusted. And we saw that with uh, Patrick Vieira. And then we saw the huge adjustment that Dominic Torrent made the first time that they played, or I think it was the first or the second time that they played, which is the one in Yankee Stadium where they won one nothing. I'm trying to remember if that was the first time he played him or the second time he played him, where he just absolutely threw what New York City normally did. He just absolutely threw it out the window. And they played like if they were in England because all they did was punt the ball down the field and try to win 50-50 balls. And then, you know, they, they found a good, you know, they found a good break with Maxi Morales winning one and scoring, you know, five minutes away from the end. Uh, that, that was like something so unusual that we had seen from New York City because it didn't look like anything they had done previously. So now it's Nick Cushing's turn to figure out, you know, what's the best way to deal with the, uh, the, the New York Red Bull press and if they're going to press as much anyway, because for what I, I haven't seen them play as much, but for what I've heard, they're not, they're not pressing as much as they have. But, you know, when well, it comes to New York City, you know that every, they're going to do that. We've got a guy that's been at every game. So well, I think that's we'll why that. I'm setting that up to ask him. So to, to find out, I'm setting him up to ask him that because I still think that the minute that they see you know, blue or orange or whatever they wear tomorrow, uh, they're going to go back to playing what they feel does best against New York City as opposed to whatever they're doing just in general right now. So, Matt, is the team pressing as much as they used to? Have they changed a little bit? And what do you expect tomorrow from the Red Bulls? Has it been as much, uh, Roberto? I don't know. I, I would say it's been as much in spots, but maybe not all the time. I mean, there has been games... You know, I, 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 what's the one number that we all pay attention to in this sport? It's do you have the ball? For Red Bull, that is an absolute meaningless stat. If you look at games where they, actually, <laughs> where, they actually, where they actually have more of the ball, those are usually games that sometimes they struggle in. I think they've been better this year um, with the ball, but clearly, you know, th th they're going to press and they're going to go after teams. They might do it in a little different way with, with – um, with Struber in charge than we've seen over the course of the last couple of coaches prior to that. And I think in a lot of ways, their press might be even more intricate. You know, I, I have had the opportunity to talk with coach about it sometimes um, watching practice when I've had the opportunity to go and, and you can see it. And it's, it's so, it's so much more intricate than people might think where it's just, just go run at the guy. I mean, that's just not what it is. It's, it's triggers and it's if I go, then the next guy has to go because if you don't have everybody in sync, it, it's never going to work because then you'd have people just running all over the place. And that's not what it is um, to, to go back to your original question. Is, is it as much this year? I wouldn't say maybe in a game by game basis over the full course of a 90 minutes, but when they go, they definitely go and they go hard. I think that one of the, you just made a very interesting point that, when the team is behind, you know, it changes up a little bit. And, and I think it's normal that that would happen because when the team's ahead or playing even, they, they don't mind giving up the ball. And it's done on purpose, which is why I never use possession as a stat in my broadcast anymore because it's, there, there are teams that oh, don't Roberto, want the ball. you're and just that's fantastic. Uh, hold on. You're Not, fantastic, let Roberto. Let me finish. 
Not because I don't want to lose my train of thought. I'm getting old here. So, but but the point that I wanted to make is that when teams are behind, right, like the Red Bulls are the team that doesn't want the ball, but when they're behind, they're forced to have the ball because they need the ball to go in and, and, and get the score to tie the game up. So it, it's sort of natural that that would happen, that in games where they're behind, that the, the possession would probably be a lot more even than, uh, than it would be normally if they had gone ahead because then they can just wait back – the entire game and, and look for opportunities to counterattack and be deadly on a counterattack, which is, you know, part of their specialty. Well, case in point is uh, against Toronto, this 2-0 win, it's uh, Red Bull was 41% possession and had the shot advantage 14-8, shots on target 4-3. So, uh, well, there's your, there's your proof, Matt, that uh, they're more comfortable. And teams, uh, Philadelphia Union, so the top two of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference are more comfortable out of possession, the New York Red Bulls or the Philadelphia Union. But I, I would say this, Crooks, it would be the two guys that I mentioned in, in Morgan and Lachinius, they have been part of the, the run of play that when they do have the ball, this team is more comfortable than they've been in, in the past because – those two guys specifically are better with the ball. They don't shy away from it. Um, they're obviously fully in, ensconced with the pressing nature that New York has. But if they if we need the ball, we have guys who can who can possess it and can do the right thing with it. Roberto, I was going to say that in, I was just looking up some stats, and in two out of the three losses, of the last three losses, they've either had the ball more or is even. So uh, it, it's it goes, you know, it goes to the point of it's, you know, when you're behind, you go, you know, you, you need the ball more because you've got to score. I am going to I should have done this during the international break. But now that it's coming up, I'm going to go over every game in MLS at some point, And I can almost guarantee that the teams that have the ball more than the other win or get points more of the time than those that surrender possession. But I don't know that for a fact. I'm going to have to go through the stats. But I'd be shocked if that's not the case. So give me the ball. I'll be comfortable in possession. Let me do something favorable with it and be prepared for the counter. And as far as the press goes, it sometimes it's confounding to me. I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy for teams. Because normally I would have to say games I've coached where I know the opponent presses – Thank you very much. Break the lines with some quick combos, and the next thing you know, they're chasing the game, and you're getting all these chances, and you can pin them in the opposite end. I've, I've never 100% understood the stress of the press. Now, if you've got freaking Liverpool and Manchester City pressing you, that's different. But, but a team in MLS? Sorry, I'm not going to get too uh, crazed about it. That's just my personal – whether it's Red Bulls or anybody, whether it's New York City, Red Bulls, or anybody. I just have never – understood freaking out about teams of press, which I think you can see New York City in the past has tensed up in those situations. So I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying that the teams don't respond to that way, but uh, it's really... Well, um, it's because they insist on playing out of the back. And, you know, the difference between Manchester City, Liverpool, and New York City is the quality of passing of, the, of your defenders and of your midfielders. That's the reason they're in the EPL. And these guys are mostly in it, right? These guys are in MLS. So there's a huge difference of the quality of you going to be able to pass out of the back. But if they're going to insist on trying to play that way against the press, I think that's a little bit crazy. I think that when you're playing a team such as as the Red Bull, I, as the Red Bulls, I think that you have to, to 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 fix you know fix what you normally do and try something different, which is as you said, 
jump lines. I agree with you that that's a better way of being able to play against the press. But it's historically, New York City has done it's that. Reading, it's reading the game. A team that presses, you want you could draw them in, and then you could hit those little dinks over that. It, yeah, it does take a skilled player and and players that are spacing themselves properly. And uh, again, a press can be very very effective. And I think uh, the biggest thing that Matt said, which you know contributes to its success, are the triggers because you can't go until it's on. And then if it's on, everybody's got to do their thing. So uh, it, it's a, pressing is a challenge, too, because if everybody doesn't get it right, then you're leaving yourself exposed, too. So it's really it, – this has always been a great matchup from a tactical standpoint because you've got two teams that think about the game a little differently. And um, it's great. Anything else you want to add, Matt, about this uh, matchup? No, I'm uh, just that I'm excited, Glenn, because I, I, think, it, I think it's a lot of fun in, in this tournament, which – Right. To be fair, sometimes struggles for the attention that it maybe deserves that now at this stage of the tournament, you've got some you've got some great games in all of them. I mean, not well, just our league, game, but a league like, one team and a US yeah, and I a mean, championship team in here, too. You and know? you've yeah. got and you've got Nashville and Orlando. That should be a real intense game. Um, you, you know, who's not rooting for Union Omaha right now? You know, yeah. you're pulling for Sacramento to pull the upset. So I think at this point that you've got. You've got two lower division teams, at least one in two of the other brackets. You've got a great rivalry game, and you probably have a, a budding rivalry had Nashville stayed in the East between Nashville and Orlando. So I, I, I think in terms of the tournament, I, I don't think you could have drawn it up any better. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night. We will be there and uh, both uh, sides on the radio tomorrow. So I'm sure any Red Bull supporters uh, watching us right now, you're going to go to Maddie Harmon. And uh, perhaps to Roberto and Ariel on the Spanish side of New York City or myself and Maddie Lawrence. Either way, man, it'll be a good show. And, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you, Matt. Thanks so much for hopping on. Appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Anytime. Let's do it again. All right. Peace. All right, Matt Harmon. He's the uh, longtime voice of the uh, of the New York Red Bulls. Interesting. He, uh, he sent me something earlier today. Uh, remember in this uh, MLS Apple TV contract – which um, we know has been un is unfortunate on the regional television side for many of our colleagues, uh, many of whom are going to be um, no longer employed uh, doing these games on TV because of the, the new contract. But there is a drop-down feature on the app, and, and one of the things MLS has said is there is a uh, the local broadcast, the local radio broadcast in English and Spanish uh, will be able to be heard over the TV broadcast if it's not your local guys. So I think that's uh, that's uh, nice. What Matt had sent me is that somebody had written that that's not particularly great news that, you know, you know, it's not the same as getting the TV local guys, which is absolutely ridiculous. But, but, but we hope that MLS picks, if not all of them up, you know, that they pick up as many as they can, right? Because they've got to hire all new announcers. So uh, you hope that all the local guys, do get a chance to do games. And, you know, if it's a New York City game that they're playing at Yankee Stadium, then, you know, I hope it's Tolly and, uh, and Ian and, uh, you know, things like that throughout the, you know, through, throughout the rest of the league. Well, that's not exactly Maybe they won't get the volume. They won't get the exact volume, but they'll have, you know, they'll have something. And hopefully, you know, that they'll get paid enough where at least financially they're, they're whole. Well, uh, I don't think it's going to go that way. I mean, the word is, is that, There'll be anywhere from 10 to 12 
10 to 14 broadcast teams hired. Uh, many of them are about half of them uh, on a more full-time basis. And this is just where, cause you know, everybody's out there digging for information. So this is just something I've heard. I have no idea if it's hundred percent accurate, but um, Roberto, what you just said, we, of course we want Ian and, and Joe to, you know, be taken care of, but uh, whether it's them or other teams, there are people losing their jobs that are not going to be compensated anywhere near what they're compensated now. And that's just the, those are the facts. It's a shame. It's horrible. I look, I went through that in with ESPN in 2019. I know how that feels. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So I was know sacked, how that goes. I was sacked from Salmon's TV in my early years of broadcasting because I ran a, the wrong commercial and they fired me. <laughs> like, gee whiz. I don't even get a warning. <laughs> <laughs> I got, oh, I got sacked. All right, all right. Uh, so that's uh, awful. U.S. Open. You know how you... the one thing I wanted to say what? about what Matt finished off saying? There's yeah. only one way that this could have been better as far as the U.S. Open Cup, and as that is, Sacramento should have been hosting L.A., and Union Omaha should be hosting Sporting Kansas City. It's better in general for soccer in this country for those fan bases to get to see an MLS team. Yeah. That's how the Copa del Rey works in Spain in the first stages, not in the quarterfinals or semifinals, but they do that. The the lower division team always hosts the game against the first division or second division teams. Did it the final was it the final in like Saudi Arabia this year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. 
What lower division is that exactly? I'm just – forget it. Never mind. Uh, please. <laughs> hey, you know, there's also the Canadian Championship, and there's a, C- a Canadian Premier League team, York United, yeah. playing at Vancouver, and then Toronto's hosting Montreal. And I think that's both those games are tomorrow. So they're in the semifinals of, of their Canadian Cup, if you will. And there is a game tonight, right? The uh, LA's hosting uh, Sacramento. Sacramento. At 10, yeah. what, 1030 Eastern. So I'm going to step and watch that. Uh, as far as I know, as yeah, far as I know uh, it's a funny coincidence or not. LA Galaxy has always played in this Open Cup. All the games as a host team or in California, they didn't travel much in this this year with the Open Cup. So it's it's a funny thing. Yeah. Hey, before we go on, I want to get to uh, this last match by New York City FC and more. Uh, time for a little trivia. We've got four tickets to the uh, July 3rd match against Atlanta United for the first person who can answer this. Who scored the first New York City FC goal in the Hudson River Derby? So the first person Ooh. to answer that, either on my Twitter, at Glenn Crooks, or on uh, here on uh, the U- my YouTube channel or Facebook, uh, first person to correctly respond. And if you previously won, you cannot win the tickets. Uh, we, uh, oh. Yeah, not yet. Corey's not, pissed. Give it a little time. <laughs> give it a little time. But uh, who scored the first New York City FC goal in the Hudson River Derby for four tickets to uh, see uh, New York City play host to Atlanta United? That'll be a fun one. That's a pretty good game. Last that time they played, that was on, a, a great game on at July Yankee 3rd. Stadium. And uh, this uh, question submitted by Roberto Abramowitz. Uh, thank you, Roberto. And uh, obviously, with the connection of the Derby match tomorrow at Red Bull Arena, well done, Roberto, keeping it, uh, keeping everything uh, in sync. So we'll leave exactly. that up for now. Uh, let's see. So we've got the uh, New York City unbeaten in twelve in all competitions, but haven't lost since that three-one defeat out at Lumen Field. On April the 6th, nine unbeaten in MLS, 1-1 draw, Colorado. Nick Cushing, the interim manager, his uh, his first uh, first head coaching game uh, for New York City after replacing Ronnie Dyla. Uh, Ariel, how do you think uh, Mr. Cushing did against Mr. Frazier on the Colorado side? <laughs> I believe that both teams, every team in, in, in MLS in general, uh, are a little bit aware this weekend a little bit rusty and you could tell from seeing plays and seeing how the teams moved. I believe that everybody in New York City was a little bit out of shape except for maybe Maxi Morales, Dallas Magno and maybe Acevedo. The rest of them were a little bit out of tune, out of shape. But that's normal. I understand that and I think that coaches understand that. So uh, I think it was pretty normal for them, for teams not to perform at top level, but hopefully they will restart getting to the to their groove again, uh, either on uh, uh, Open Cup uh, this this week or next next uh, weekend um, on uh, MLS uh, regular season play. Yeah, you know the uh, Roberto and, and Ariel. The one thing I learned, Brian Crookham who's the general manager for Rapids 2 and has been in their academy system for a long time. He told me that uh, he took the, uh, or the the club took almost all the first team players during the 21 day break 
and split them in two and had each group play on the two team yeah, during the that. break, which was a pretty interesting concept. Yeah. And try. And I do think – I thought the Rapids were more the in-sync team in the first half than New York City. I didn't think there was any big – uh, gap, but I, I do think that they were the better team in the first half, and 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 maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. In general, you, you what you, what you saw this weekend was a uh, very rusty teams. Yeah, all over. I mean, Galaxy was didn't have a very good game. Portland neither. LAFC was a poor game for them as well. So everybody was out of shape. So with that in mind, well, here, here's the uh, here's the important goal for Nick Cushing in New York City FC. Pitch gets past the first defender, and now it's New York City with Magno in the equalizer! Tyler's Magno! There's an answer. New York City down a goal. Magno responds. Keaton Parks on the field for less than a minute, substituting for Nico Acevedo. And New York City has leveled it up. It's 1-1 here in the Bronx. Yes, this is a good pass for Maxi Morales, but he's just ghosted in between the two centre-halves, or two of the three centre-halves is Tyler Magno, and he's chested it down and volleyed with a plum. There you have it. What a great goal. And uh, New York City got the point. Um, so I think that was huge for Nick Cushing to, you know, not start off with a defeat and then end up a, a long unbeaten streak. And, you know, I, you recover from that. But for him personally, I think that was probably a, a pretty big goal and a big point, Roberto. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, look, the team didn't, the team didn't play well, but neither did Colorado as for the reasons we explained. But when you look at some of the statistics, you know, 16 shots to six for New York City, two big chances to, to none. How do they get none if they got a goal? That's interesting. But uh, somehow they had none. When you're looking <laughs> at passing, 454, to 170 and then Colorado committed 21 fouls so uh yeah, yeah New yeah. York City did what they normally do which is dominate go forward try to score they weren't very accurate in the box that's one of the bigger problems that they had they had some they had built some great opportunities final passes left a lot to be desired I thought Yarborough made a couple of good saves as well so um it's unfortunate that they didn't get the uh, that they didn't get the win. But I really, as 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 Ariel pointed out, and we agreed, and we talked about it on the broadcast, both teams look really, really rusty, and we what will see the, what uh, happens on what the, uh, on Wednesday. What were the the Yarborough saves? I, I honestly can't. I think the best save of the match was the crossbar. Tati in the first half. <laughs> that was so. a great shot in the first half. Yeah. yeah uh, so well, there were four shots on target, so that means that he had three saves. Well, you know. Yeah, the the one I thought it was, one was off a free kick. I know uh, Maxi hit it on a short hop, but he, he didn't. He handled that okay. Well, that Magno goal uh, that was set up. Maxi, we saw Maxi with the left foot just clip a beautiful ball in, and Tavon Gray got an assist as well, the second assist. So I, I had a discussion with Roberto about this, but I dug this one out when Anton Tinnerholm was on the commentary with me at DC United uh, about a second assist. Here's the up one nil. On the Alexander Collins goal off a corner kick, uh, Collins finishing in the fifth minute, Gloucester and Santi Rodriguez both earning the assist for Rodriguez. His sixth assist of the season, he's in the top five in the league in that department. 
Yeah, uh, it's a little bit different how you count assists in this league, though. For, well, for the me, double that, assist is yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really get that. That that's not how you yeah. count an assist. That that's hockey for me. But uh, well, Maddie and Lords and I have discussed that frequently. It's uh, uh, yeah, and especially how you do the rest. Do you of remember Tiago Martins got an assist playing a square ball to Alfredo Morales, who served a beautiful ball in the Eber for the goal at Toronto. But Martin's got an assist on that. Yeah, and that's hockey for me. That you play a ball <laughs> on your own half, and then two other guys do do something. So uh, I, you have to check in on that system uh, because the rest of the world you don't do that. So I don't know know why you're doing it here. It's like keeping the old penalties you have here. You have to go go through with the with the new system with assist as well. So uh, uh, yeah, for me that's not an assist. So that's something you have to brought up to next year how you count assist all right i'll, I'll continue to uh, to press the situation but you've got a strong voice at mls uh, anton well uh yeah but i mean for us as a player it's, it's not a bad thing to get well, a, that's true. more assist but but, but especially I, I, if it's uh, if there's any sort of incentive clause in your contract on yeah assist, but yeah the, but yeah <laughs> but but that's <laughs> normally in contracts it's normally like just no um yeah normal assist that, that you're yeah. the last player who passed the, the the goal scorer exactly. so i think sometimes it pops up this things from a uh, live score or whatever in, in sweden and you got a double assist and people is just asking wh what is going on over there so i think it's it's about time to change that. Love it. No, no, <laughs> Love it. By the way, not only that, but he said something else that I think was really important, and I agree. Bring back the shootout. I I was impressed that he knew about that. Like, you know, he's talking about the shootout from, what, that was the first two years? NA, well, first yeah, year? MLS had it, but uh, yes. And it was famous yeah. in NASL. Yeah. MLS had it at, at the beginning as well, and they finally did get rid of it. I yeah. don't like it to you know, where there's no ties and you have to use a shootout. That I don't like. You know, what they do, I can see it in MLS Next because now kids, you know, MLS Next Pro do it because, uh, well, they have penalty kicks because you get to practice penalty kicks, and I think that's a pretty good thing for that level. Well, you know, once you're in the pros, if it's a tie, it's a tie. But if you're going to use a penalty shootout, I have no problem with the old NASL five-second, 25 yards away, it I don't think brilliant. I don't think he was endorsing it. I think he was referring to it as something. Well, you had that wrong and you changed it. Now change this. That's what he was. Yeah. Saying. I'm saying he's endorsing yeah. it. That's whatever he, he says. I'm saying he's endorsing it. Ariel, what do you think of second assist? And then we'll move on. And by the way, I'm doing the uh, I'm doing an MLS Next Pro match with New York City plays host to Cincinnati on July second. I think the day before the uh, Atlanta game. So well, on radio or TV? T well, the TV that that feed that they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're gonna listen in, Roberto? Good, good, good luck identifying players. Go right ahead. Hey, I found you could actually zoom in. You can't zoom in. You don't see it on the actual feed, but in the in the uh, software that we have, you can actually zoom in a little bit or a lot and, and see players in the corner and stuff. So I was, uh, I, I just got trained today, so it's pretty good cool. Good luck. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, thanks, oh. Roberto. Thanks for the encouragement and and the uh, support of MLS Next Pro. We'll we, we, we'll be there for you. All right, thanks. We have just learned through Anton Tinnerholm that second assist don't give you money. So that's yeah. the most important thing for yeah. players. So <laughs> that's conversation right. is up. That's right. Conversation <laughs> is up. I, that's true. That was in there as well. You know, don't yeah. uh, don't don't count that on primary the, uh, only. No secondary assist as far as uh, as far as that's concerned. Yeah. All right. I'll so, still support the secondary assist. So the 1-1 draw, and uh, like you said, Nick Cushing with the lineup decisions, trying to balance all this stuff with the, 
the the Derby match in the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow, then Philadelphia on the weekend uh, in Chester. And uh, also this past weekend on Sunday, it was uh, it was Matt Turner's farewell match for the New England Revolution. He's already in England and he'll be uh, I think his first training session might be on uh, the 24th of June. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're doing the game and I'm looking for him in the box score and. Turner's not playing and I start seeing things on social media. How can Turner not play in his farewell game? And so he didn't play. It was his farewell game, but, uh, and a lot of people were offended by that, but apparently he wasn't, this is a Matt Turner post game. It was, it was on the cards, but at the end of the day, um, it's about more than me. You know, this team has done well this week, got two good results uh, and Georgie's been playing well. Um, so grow him into the role. Um, you don't need to throw me into a one-off game just to say goodbye. You know, it, it was the perfect night in, in every sense of the word anyways, um, in my opinion. So um, it's, a, it's a results business and three points tonight. I think the correct decisions were made all across the board. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotion. And I think Bruce um, credit and Kevin Hitchcock, credit to them because um, they're the ones that have sort of managed me through this week with all this buildup, all this tension for this one game. Uh, the emotional nature of it all is it's a lot, you know, I'm still 27, 28, you know, I'm still learning how to cope with all that. On top of that, my wife's in England, nine months pregnant. Um, so it's, it's, it, I got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So maybe I wouldn't have put my best performance out there tonight. And then now I'm kicking myself because I left on a bad, a bad note. So again, like I said before, I think, uh, you know, the, the way everything should have gone went. Well, I, that one part, I think that's where Bruce Arena comes in uh, to advise on this, that he had so much going on. You know, so, why leave off a poor performance, which maybe because of where his head was at, it, it could have happened. So, you know, in retrospect, yeah, I think everybody would love to have seen him play, but it probably was the best decision. And like you said, they got three points. They won the game. And what's more important than that? No, I agree. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Bruce knows his team better than any of us. I mean, we're sitting, you know, three and a half hours away from there. And, you know, we haven't attended practice or spoken to Bruce. Bruce is there every day, knows exactly what's going on. So he has his reasons for doing things. And look, he has support of the person who was most affected by it. So, uh, yes, in a romantic sense, you would want him see you want to see him play and have a shutout and uh, go away, you know, on a great note. But he didn't lose. <laughs> he didn't lose. And he goes to Arsenal with a positive moment. By the way, as a Spurs uh, supporter, when I'm not a pundit, uh, very insulted by Matt Turner, by what he did uh, yeah. with the supporters, just extremely insulted. Did you see what he did? Yeah, I did. And you know what? I meant to I meant to have it up here. I wonder if I have uh, it handy. You don't have it? It was great. I I, I, I know it's actually I, great. I actually found it very funny. I know so, I downloaded it and I did not add it to the broadcast and I apologize for that. But but uh, Roberto, but so, anyway, describe so, it. Yeah, just describe it. Yeah, so he's signing uh he's signing autographs as he's going around and basically doing a victory lap around Gillette and he's signing autographs and then somebody throws down a Tottenham Hotspur jersey for him to sign and he recognizes that it's Spurs and he's like he puts it back up and he goes nah not doing that and then he just continues and I thought that that was pretty funny actually it was it was funny I, I got what he did and I
time. I enjoyed it, even being a Spurs fan. It's it was cool. I didn't know you were a big Spurs fan, but hold on, Roberto, you ready? Yeah, let's watch it one more time. So it's the guy with the with the white jersey on at the Spurs. Oh no! There was. That's perfect, man. <laughs> that is classic. Yeah. Good and for Arsenal him. fans and Arsenal fans must be happy about this, and they will receive him or greet him in a great mood um, that's football that's okay that and that's going to go viral you know that they're, they're yeah. going to love it that's going to be mentioned yeah. in the first press conference over there you know it oh without a doubt it's it's a good move by him it's really funny so uh good for matt turner good guy and look you know you hope that either he's able to play regularly for arsenal or if not that he gets loaned out because now we got to talk about the u.s national team and the hierarchy of who's going to be able to play. Is it going to be Stefan? Is it going to be Turner? Is it going to be Horvath? Or is it going to be Johnson? And based on what just happened in the last window, Johnson may have hopped over Horvath because Horvath allows a, a horrific goal against El Salvador. Meanwhile, Sean Johnson shuts out Uruguay. Yeah. And uh, that I, I don't minimize what happened. I mean, it's direct competition. It's big games, even though one's an exhibition and one's a, but you know, it's an exhibition against a, you know, a top 10 team in the world versus a, you know, a game versus a top 80 team in the world, even though it's in El Salvador and all that. But uh, Horvath didn't do himself any favors in that game. Plus, he didn't get much of a chance to, you know, make up for the blunder because the U.S. just dominated the rest of the game. So uh, he can't be feeling very well right now. We don't, depending obviously on what um, Greg Berhalter told him. But, uh, you know, you, you probably want to have somebody who's playing regularly in goal. And I really think that that gives Sean Johnson proof. a fighting chance. That, I think that that's proof, though, a little bit that, uh, yeah, it was, you know, those are the sorts of things from an angle like that. Do you anticipate something else? And I, I think, you know, that was an example of lack of playing time, perhaps. And, you know, I don't it, – it's it's almost um, – and, and you have to utilize that in your eval evaluation of your Greg Berhalter, but it's just like one moment could, like, destroy this guy's chances. It almost seems unfair, but at the same time, you know, what else can you go by? Right, Ariel? Yeah. But I have no interests in this situation, and I – I'm not a fan of uh, the U.S. national team, so uh, I'm a impartial viewer of the yeah. whole situation. I don't think Barhato is going to change. Uh, you think been... he's going with Stefan? You think he's going yeah. with Stefan over Turner? Yeah, of course. He's... Wow. Why wouldn't? Why would he change if he hadn't hasn't changed in four years? Why would he change right now? I don't yeah. see it. It's All the right. same as in in the Mexico case. Why would Tata Martino call Chicharito when he hasn't called him in four years? Why? Yeah. Because they're not scoring goals. Yeah, I know. But he won't change. <laughs> it's I mean, an emergency he, there. He will not change. Jimenez I'm, isn't I'm, the same player he was before the injury. The only no, goals that Jimenez has scored for the national team since that injury have all been, been three goals. All of them have been penalties. 
He he I went over during the uh, d- during the qualifying, and uh, so you know that, that's a big uh, that that's a big deal. We'll see, but Martino hasn't been forced to do things in Barcelona. He went away after one season. That, that that's true, but he wasn't. Uh, willing to change things in Argentina when he was a national team coach over there. And I think that he's the same guy in Mexico. I, I don't see him changing right now, but we'll see. Hey, before we leave uh, the New England game, Bruce Arena is the manager of New England, right? Yeah. And yeah. No, Arena tends to be very quotable. You know, the, the, the quote of the week, sometimes you'll go to Arena for it. So uh, ahead of this game with the Minnesota United, Uh, playing against Minnesota, um, this is what Arena said. Uh, Adrian Heath and I drank about six bottles of wine with Giovanni Savarese a couple of years ago in a preseason tournament, so it'll be great to see Adrian again. Uh, Adrian Heath, coach for Minnesota, and uh, not sure what happened post-game, but uh, New England wins the match 2-1, to one, and uh, Gio Savarese out in Portland. Uh, you said they were rusty. Perhaps they'll... Uh, Get off and you you can help. totally picture the situation and the conversation between those three guys. I love, I mean, can you, you, you can't, well, if they, you know, he might be exaggerating or maybe he's not. Uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. can you imagine who they were hammering and what kind of tactical stuff they were yeah. looking at? And oh yeah. my God, that. I want to be a fly on the wall on that conversation. That's beautiful. All right, who, uh, Columbus Crew, uh, record transfer today. Juan Camilo Cucho uh, Hernandez. So uh, yeah. who, know, who knows about this guy? Ariel. What I heard about him, I didn't see play much, but I, what, I, what, I, what I hear from him is that he's a very good striker. He's somehow similar to, and I know these are big words, he, he's very similar or close to, to the style of play of Joseph Martinez. So... That's more or less the, the type of striker he is. And we'll see. I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited for Columbus to have uh, another very big player. They have already Silarayan, who is a, a huge star for them. And hopefully this guy is up to the level that Silarayan has. And we'll see. They, they, they need, a, they need a, a good striker because they are not scoring goals. They are not winning games. So... They need that guy. Well, so for uh, Watford, yeah, he played 25 games, started 11, had five goals, two assists uh, last season. Let me see what he did. Uh, and before that, he was in La Liga. Getafe. With Getafe. And he scored only two goals in 23 games. And uh, had, uh, he, had, he started 18. So he's been all over the place. Been for Watford, Getafe. He was in Watford and he was loaned. He was with Mallorca where he scored five goals in 24 games. With Huesca, he played 70 games and had 20 goals. Um, started his career in Deportivo Pereira. 23 goals in 57 games. And uh, he's played, he played two games for the Colombian, rather he played one game for Colombia in 2018. Scored two goals. <laughs> Didn't get a sniff again. How about and that? He- He played a couple of weeks ago a uh, friendly against uh, Saudi Arabia, I believe. He played uh, 45 minutes. So, 
So he yeah. uh, he's only 23 years old. So I, I think the, the jury's out a little bit, but you've got to trust uh, Tim Bezbachenko and yeah. the rest of the uh, Columbus crew hierarchy for uh, figuring this guy's going to get it done uh, for Columbus and MLS. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned Saudi Arabia. So the U.S. men's national team announced today uh, their two friendlies in uh, September to get ready for the World Cup. They'll play a couple of World Cup participants. Uh, first, Japan on September the 23rd, and then Saudi Arabia. And we knew it was going to be between four nations because they talked about going uh, to Asia to play these things or the, or the Asian Confederation. And that only left Qatar and who was the South Korea. So it was going to be among those four. And Saudi Arabia wins the... You know, I'm sure it's logistics and a lot of different things, but pretty disappointing that that's the opponent. I, I, that's I'll leave it at that. Very disappointing. That's it. Yeah, with everything that's gone on politically and per, how else to describe it? Um, you know what's happened between the two countries, and yeah, it's disappointing that oh, somebody uh, needs that. Somebody I, I needs know that. that. Has anybody uh, hold on? But just yeah. Roberto, let's let me chime in. Has uh, has anybody addressed it uh, from U.S. Soccer yet? Not that I heard. I haven't seen a note on that because that that has to I be. I haven't seen anything. And they have to give better responses than these freaking guys who are leaving the PGA to go to this live for billions of dollars, millions and billions of dollars, and just say I'm doing it for the money. Uh, U.S. Soccer. Someone needs to just come. Up. We need it for the competition. We, we this is the our best competition on a date that we needed and this is what we had to do and just say it well nobody you know they have they don't have a press conference or anything else so and there's been no comment from as far as i've seen that doesn't yeah. mean that they you know that's not the reason why they yeah. did that you presume that that's the reason why they did that it was just unfortunate that i mean obviously the european teams weren't available because they're all playing nations league and the logistics just made it where you know they the only teams available were from asia and uh, th that's what happened. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. We really don't want to see them play them, but so be it. Just like, you know, Canada had a lot of pressure to drop the game against Iran, which they were going to play. And then they were replaced by Panama. Then they had the strike. So they played no game. Right. It's almost like the federations are kind of trying to, I don't know. You play one game. Play one game. It's hard not to mix politics with sports people say well it should be separate it's not separate it's life you know mm -hmm. and you, you can't you can't separate both and it's a match much as you try you're making a massive statement that you don't agree with what are immoral policies by not playing the game and by playing the game you're not saying that we agree with these immoral policies but or that we're condoning these more, you know, you, which is what all these golfers are saying. It, like, you it's know. the appearance. It, it's, it's about it's about doing the right thing and the appearance of doing the right thing, and they didn't do either. Yeah. Well, I'd like to just hear someone, you know, address it. It probably should yeah. be. It should be Ernie Stewart or the or or Cindy Parlow or yeah. You know, it 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 shouldn't necessarily be Greg Berhalter that has to step out and explain it, but it probably will be. So, um. All right. Well, that's that on the uh, that uh, the uh, DC United, who 
kind you could tell they felt hard done by by not uh, being one of the 16 venues for the World Cup when it was announced last week. Uh, there's a big big uh, press conference. The mayor, everybody's going to be there uh, on Thursday, and they're going to be awarded the All Star Game for next year. Ariel, so is this a is this a makeup? Is this a uh, is this a, a consolation prize? <laughs> consolation prize, it looks like. So, but it's not. It, it's been decided as far as I know a couple of months ago before yeah. the, the the hosting series were announced for, for the FIFA World Cup 2026. So it's fair. I mean, they opened the new stadium three years ago. They didn't have a, an All-Star game over there. I believe that COVID had to do something about that situation. So now that everything seems to be back to normal or more or less back to normal, uh, it's a good idea for them, uh, for MLS to, 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 to give DC um, this uh, All-Star game. This year, th that game is going to be in Minnesota. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, and uh, big things are going on right now over there. And uh, we'll see how that goes on August the 1st, that's the date of, for the, the All-Star game against the Liga MX All-Star team. Yeah. So we are preparing right. for that, yeah. Did you get your votes in? Not yet. I, I just got I just got it today. Didn't it just get sent I, up I got mine. I sent yeah. it to you already. You can actually post it. I'm not you can put it up if you want. We'll do we'll do that later. We'll we'll do our votes and share them and tell everybody who we like better than the others. Um and uh what else we have here? New York City is going to be at Philadelphia. Here, this was an Optus stat, which uh, was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. This game coming up on Sunday, next regular game. Uh, nine straight unbeaten versus eight straight unbeaten. Just the sixth match in MLS history where two teams are in these similar uh, ways since 2011. So it's a showdown. Yeah, I agree, man. That's that's pretty cool. That's a cool. Some I like the photo cool. that they used. Huh? For those of you on, for for those of you listening to the podcast uh, and not watching us, uh, it's a photo of basically a mass confrontation. They're pulling Martinez off Tati Castellanos. <laughs> By the way, Philadelphia are uh, have tied eight straight games, something like that, right? Is, uh... Yeah, I'm going to go take a look what that is. It, it's it's a ridiculous amount of games that they've tied in a row. Well, and their their record is six wins. They've only lost one game and eight draws, which puts yeah. them on 26 points, a single point behind New York City, a city with a game in hand, city with two games in hand on the Red Bulls, who are also on 26 points. And and uh, as is the norm, uh, the last place team of the Eastern Conference, Chicago, with 14 points, they're only six points out of a playoff bid. So, yeah. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Things are tight in the East. Uh, well, the thing true. is that it's not in a row because they actually have a victory over Portland. 2 nothing. So well, let's they have see. eight to. They have eight Three draws in 15 draws. matches, so that's all you need. Yeah, to they, have a, need they to... have a ton of draws. It's just, it's, it's really uh, crazy. It's not, it's not good. So, not good. in theory, they are looking for a, a number 10 and a number nine. I don't know if that's if that if that's going to happen right now in July, but they are aiming to do that in this uh, window. This, it's uh, crazy that window. they've yeah without scoring goals, so they. Uh, they let go Shabilko last year, and yeah, that was you know he was a he was a guy that contributed a lot. And uh, Sergio Santos not consistent, and this Urwe Ur- who I've hardly seen. I you know I know he's been injured a lot too, but yeah. I guess he's not getting it done yet either. Not yet, anyway. So, yeah. no. uh, well, so Gosnack has been playing good. Gosnack has been playing good. He had a great goal against England too. Yeah, he's and coming out of the midfield. And He's that out of the four nothing game. smashing that the Brits took. That was an that was a really ugly game for England. Um right, there's Carlos been a... Vela might be available. I mean, he knows how to score goals. You could put him at striker. <laughs> so I, I was looking up Vela's numbers. Vela's only making like oh, just over four million dollars. I was shocked by that. I thought he was making more. And then you're seeing uh Insignia coming into the league, and he's gonna be making 15. No wonder Carlos yeah. Vela wants seven million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No wonder well, I don't think anybody's giving it to him, but yeah, that's what he wants. The thing is that that hurts Vela's position is that in the last couple of seasons he's been out more than games that not. So yeah, I don't know. I would think that the type of contract that he could sign for a lot of money is an incentive contract where. You play X amount of games, you score X amount of goals, you play X amount of minutes, and every time you keep on hitting these metrics, your, your salary goes up. Your base guarantee is like, let's say, $3 million, right? And then you can make up to $8 million or $9 million or whatever it is, depending on all these metrics that are personal and team. Right. So if the team wins supporter shield, you get an extra million. If the team wins a playoff game, you get 500,000 and wins two, another five. If you win MLS Cup, you get two million. You know, all these things. I think that's a way that you can structure a contract for somebody like Carlos Vela, where you don't have to guarantee much. But if he performs to the level that he believes he can perform, then he gets paid, which I think is fair. But I think that that offer has been made by by LAFC. No, no, there's no agreement between Bella and LAFC. So yeah, he's got two games left. That's it. Both at home. Hey, we're giving two games left. We're trying to give away four tickets to uh, the July third match against Atlanta United. And there's the I've been rolling the question: 
who scored the first uh, Hudson River Derby goal against the New York Red Bulls. And our friend Tony Larson uh, gave it a Tommy Mack. And I don't have the sound of eh, but <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry Tony. Tony. Try again. I'm sorry, Tony. That's not it. And our friend Jenny uh, J. Law says she thinks she knows and she thinks it was on Mother's Day. But she also says, I don't need the tickets, so she's not going to hazard a guess. So we're still uh, waiting. Uh, if we hi, don't. Jenny. So, Jenny, you can uh, you can put it out there and then give those tickets away. That's part, you know, that you make can do it that. Them, Absolutely. give them away as a gift. But anyway, uh, that's the gift. question. And uh, if nobody uh, if nobody gets it by the end of the broadcast, which we're we're getting close, but getting first close. we have to first we have to talk about these. Uh, here's Tony. Memory is shot, I guess. So <laughs> join the club, Tony. Join the club. <laughs> we're all in that. All right, so guys, this past week, you know, I know we saw it. We all saw it, and you know, there's this uh, Randall's Island news out there or stuff because. Uh, we know New York City fans don't like going to Red Bull Arena. We don't get the idea that New York City FC wants to go to Red Bull Arena for games when they can't go to Yankee Stadium or City Field. And yeah, we're probably pretty sure the Red Bulls aren't you know, thrilled that New York City comes in and uses their building as a home, except I'm sure they get an exorbitant rent for it. It's not it. theirs. Well, the, the, the building isn't theirs. The building belongs to the city of Harrison. Red Bulls have no say as far as I know, All over right. as a matter of fact, there's a rugby game being played on Saturday um, there, and then they've got eight days to fix the field before the next uh, Red Bull game. So, yeah, the city of Harrison is the one who uh, has to make the money on this, and they're going to rent it out as much as they can because they've got to make up for a lot of money and, you know, that's been spent on that arena and everything else. So, yeah, so that part of it, doesn't well, that, that would, uh, Red Bulls can protest yeah. all they want, but that's not going to happen. Well, but and that also is, uh, eliminates one part of the rumored story that uh, the Red Bulls have, uh, you know, called the MLS office and said they don't want the New York City there and that they have the power to do that. So which sounded a bit childish and, and unreal uh, anyway. But uh, Randall Island, Randall's Island, we I, I pass it every time I go to City Field to do a game. Uh, is it pronounced Icon? I can state Icon Stadium. Icon Stadium, and uh, uh, Eric Stover uh, chimed in today, which was pretty interesting. He used to be the president of the Cosmos, and he talked about that site. And uh, Roberto, you you retweeted it with a comment. So uh, he 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 laid out reasons why it's it's probably not going to be a, a soccer site. And the thing that really stood out to me is 68 yards wide would be the max based on the fact there's a track there. Exactly. And it was purposely done that way, by the way, uh, where they can't expand the field. There was, the stadium was put together purposely to keep soccer out. It's pretty amusing. So uh, based on what Eric is saying, so, uh, and hi to Eric. Um, so he tried to get the Cosmos uh, to play there, to play one of the finals there. And so he went and, and did all of his homework and uh, he found out all these things of why it couldn't be used. Also, and uh, Corey Clayton uh, also uh, chimed in on this. And um, there's a whole bunch of track events that are scheduled between March and June in that stadium. It's used a lot. I mean, we don't follow track and field, at least I don't. But uh, the people who do, I mean, that stadium is used a lot for that. So, 
I mean, could New York City, if needed, whatever, let's say there wasn't a lot of events and it's just sitting there, okay? I mean, how much money has to be poured in to be able to cover the area or to redo the area that they need to make the field at least 70 yards wide, right? I don't even know what the length of field is, but right now is a standard 68. So there's a lot of money that would have to be poured in just to get the field right. And then, you know, you got to talk about trying to add stands and trying to add things because right now I think capacity is like 10,000 and that just doesn't hold water. So uh, it's got to be expanded. So that, it, do, it doesn't seem that unless there's a lot of money poured in, a lot of things have to change, that ICON is going to be a, uh, a solution to any problem that uh, New York City has. I've always thought, I've always thought that the best thing that they could do if they can get this done, and it's not like I've approached the people at Aqueduct and all that, but I mean, they got a parking lot that's pretty much empty all the time because it's very few people go to horse racing these days. And the bigger attraction at Aqueduct when it's on, when it's open, is actually the casino that's down there. Okay. But there's enough space there, as far as I know. Now, you can actually probably put together a temporary stadium and just build it there and make it 15,000 people and do that. But I mean, I would just, if, and if they did that, okay. I mean, I would just play all the games there. I wouldn't just play the ones you can't play at Yankee Stadium or City Field where they're paying close to a million dollars a day. And they got to get their stuff in and out, you know, be, you know, within 24 hours. So uh, it's think. a very hard situation for New York City. Yeah, it's hard, except that you've got Yankee Stadium, you've got City Field, and then Red Bull Arena is the, uh, is the, is the final option. Just keep it that way. It's, it's yeah. Everybody makes it more of a big deal than it really is. And it's just, it's just, and I know people talk about, you know, working late, hard to get over there. And I've said this a million times. Of course, that's a difficulty. But Roberto, you see it. You see the people, you know, making the subway lines and the maps and everything else that don't want to go to Queens. They don't want to go to Queens because they're out there in the Bronx and it's hard to get there. Yeah, I know. You can't. You can't please everybody. Stop it. Re- you re- really, really can't. I mean, I the stadium has to be close to a subway line, and I fully get that. Hopefully someplace that has parking. Yeah. And so, I mean, to me, the ideal place to have this stadium is Willits Point. That is the ideal place. You know, well, where, you know, they put up, um, you know, another, the, the outfield did a great job. Uh, detailing the fact that the Harlem River site that was first mentioned yeah. way back when, that that's back in play again. So, uh, you know, we'll see. And every time that we ask somebody from New York City, so what's the, you know, what's going on? And they always say, well, we're always exploring. We have several sites that we're actively exploring, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we do know about New York City, and people have to understand this. They have people fully, they have people that are just fully dedicated to only getting a stadium deal done. That's all they do. It's fully concentrated on that one aspect. The team wants the stadium more so than any fan. The other thing is that Red Bull Arena doesn't work for whatever reason. The options, if City City Field is not available and Yankee Stadium is not available, the, the other options are Connecticut, MetLife, or Philadelphia. Yeah. And don't forget, there's a new contract, television contract, yeah. with Apple TV 
And you'll wonder if they have anything to say about any of this as far as where the games are broadcast from yeah. and that sort of thing. But I, I find it funny that Randall's Island is, you know, is like has constructed this thing to eliminate the possibility of soccer when Pelé played his very first game in the United States at Randall's Island. Yes, he did. What a bummer. Yes, he did. What and uh, by the way, just a little, just a little trivia. First, first game I ever called was when I was in Brooklyn College, and I think it was back in 1978. And I called the U.S. national team. They were playing in a tournament, and I'm trying to remember what was the, the Peruvian team. It was one of the Peruvian teams that was here, but the U.S. national team played. And uh, Alianza I, I Lima. Alianza Lima. I think it was Alianza Lima, and they played and they beat them. And uh, Gary Etherington from the Cosmos scored one of the goals. I do remember that Bob Rigby was the goalie for the U.S. national team back then. I was going to say, who else was on the U.S. men's national team in 1978? I have no idea. Yeah, so Ricky Davis. I mean, the guys from the Cosmos, okay. Jeff Durgan. Uh, there was a, there was a lot Durgan. of guys from there. Jeff Durgan. And the other uh, – and you, you talked about the outfield, and that's Chris Campbell who's been following this closely. If anybody wants to go on my uh, – podcast called on frame it's on all the it's available on all the spotify apple and all that other stuff uh i uh i went to a meeting with chris in 2019 in that part of the bronx where they were talking about harlem river yards and that site and they had a you know they had the whole they had a blueprint of where everything was going to be they had the guy in that designed uh stanford bridge because there were classrooms and and different things, and they were looking into that. It's a pretty interesting listen, which also includes a professor friend of mine who thinks stadiums, you know, the, the promises uh, that stadiums come to communities, that a lot of jobs, this and that, and the other thing, rarely comes true. But that's a that's an alternative opinion that I think everybody should, uh, you know, should be. There's one thing that's to. very important in all of this, and and I, and I applaud New York City for this. Okay, so we just saw, we just saw that. Governor Kathy Hochul just gave the Pegula family, who owns the Buffalo Bills, $850 million to build a new stadium next to Wilson, uh, next to uh, wherever Buffalo plays. Uh, I forgot there. I forgot there's the Orchard Park. Okay. So they took 850 towards whatever $1.5 billion stadium. That's not going to have a roof, by the way, in freaking Buffalo. Whatever. Okay. So New York City is not asking for money. They're paying for the stadium on their own, okay? There's going to be obviously some things that are going to have to do with roads and, uh, you know, entrances and exits and things like that that are going to have to be done. And maybe the city's going to contribute something there, here and there, but like they would with any other project of that magnitude, okay? But they're not asking for the city to build them a stadium or to build half a stadium or a quarter of a stadium or any part of the stadium. This is money that the team has promised that they're going to do. This is what they've said. So I hold them to that. And, uh, and it's, you know, that's part of the reason also what, what's happened in the past, not what New York City is doing, but what's happened in the past where, you know, communities are a little bit leery about approving these things because they wind up getting screwed. All you have to do um, is read. Chester uh, PA. Chester PA. Right. Well, read, uh, what is it? Fields of Schemes by uh, Mouse. I forget his last name, uh, his first name, but Mouse. He used to be with Deadspin, does his own stuff now. It's fantastic. And j j just look what's going on in Cobb County with the Atlanta Braves field. OK. And how 
the city every year is still on the hook for an extra $15 million after they're on the hook for another $40 million a year for policing because they forgot to add that into the contract. And, co- and the plan is like, no, nah, you didn't sign it too bad. We're not revisiting that. I mean, it's just it's such a mess, right, when teams overdo it. And New York City isn't trying to do that at all, at all. So, you know, I applaud New York City for that. It's a right way to go about it. You know, they're going to spend their own money for a stadium the way it should be. And, uh, you know, I just hope it gets done quickly, right? So they don't have all this mess. So, you know, we hope that by 2026 they're playing in their own place. We'll see if it's Willits. We'll see if it's Harlem River, someplace else in Queens or God knows where. Well, where New York City's playing this Sunday, Chester PA against Philadelphia, I think uh, the Athletic, it might have even been Pablo Maurer uh, in the last couple of years did a did a piece on that and how improvements to the neighborhood and the surrounding areas were, were promised within the deal. And that hasn't yeah. happened. So it's yeah. just, yeah, don't, you're right, Roberto, you know, don't make promises you can't keep. I think that would be the, uh, you know, don't say you're going to create a thousand jobs and then only 25 jobs are available at the uh, conclusion of the construction. So I, and we haven't heard any of that from New York city FC. They, right, we haven't, there's been no promises made as far as that. The only thing we do know is that they have said, and they're on the record that they're paying for the stadium. So yeah. Oh, so, good for them. By the way, do you like my background? It's good. Where'd you get that painting? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know it's the real thing. The GW bridge, everybody say it's hi. What holds you up from either going or coming to games all the time, except for tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a good day. Harrison, New Jersey, <laughs> right down the turnpike, baby. <laughs> you have an easy ride, too, though, you guys, so I don't want to hear about it. And hopefully, yeah, exactly. I, well, we'll see. New York City supporters, are they coming out for this one? I guess a, a derby match and where it's not a New York City home game, I would imagine they'll, they'll show up, right? They should. I haven't seen what ticket prices are. Has anybody looked it up? Nah. And by the way, we still have the trivia question up. Uh Liam, let's see. Liam went for it, but nope. And his follow-up to that was, who else? Yeah, well, that's true, but it wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't him. You, you would figure. Uh, you would figure. Uh, let's see. Try and then the see other. Why um, Anthony Larson says that he knows the answer, but uh, but he's got tickets already, so he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. All right. He doesn't well, want to we'll, do it. We'll. Uh, We'll hold it off. We're going to keep it for the next time then. Yeah, we'll just keep it. I won't show the answer. We'll keep it. Maybe that's not fair. We should show the answer. No, don't show the answer yet. Why not? I'm I'm in control. I'm not going to show just yet. We still have a few more minutes because I wanted to, the last uh, thing I wanted to bring up is uh, our guy, Dome Toron, the third manager in New York City FC history, who had a rough go in Brazil uh, afterwards and I guess in Turkey now as well, Galatasaray and uh, Dome's uh, parted ways today. Ariel, is that about the best way to describe it? Yeah, yeah, that's how they they put it on on Turkish press. And yeah, they didn't have a, a really good season over there in Turkey. They finished uh, 12 or 13th, I believe, in a league of 18 or 20 teams. So it's it was not a good year for them. Um, um, Turkey is a very tough place. Galatasaray is a very tough club to to work with because there's so much pressure. They you always need to be first over there. They always need to be qualifying to Champions League and whatever. And he didn't. So we feel for Dome, but 
uh, it seems to be open for them over there in Turkey. All right. And, I got uh, news. Yeah, yeah. Patrick's still at Crystal. Yes. Jason Christ is still assisting uh, Phil Neville at Inter Miami. And Ronnie Dial is uh, he's been conducting his first training sessions this week for uh, Standard Liège. Yeah. We assume he got there safely. We uh, didn't get a chance to say goodbye, but you know it happened. It happened pretty quickly. It happened. Yeah. Ooh, wait, we have a winner. We do. Oh, come on! We got to be a Jesus. Come on, Liam. Either, either say it properly with, or. All right, Liam, come in a little stronger. Yes. Come in a little stronger. Come on, Liam. Restate that. That that's horrible. Just like a guess. No. Either you, you can, know you're you sure. Guess. Or at least fake it that you're sure. Okay, so tickets for tomorrow. Cheap, cheapest tickets. All right, here we go. For tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not. All right. put- okay, fine. You win. <laughs> I'm not putting up. I'm not putting up the next. Uh, the next thread. So Liam, I think Roberto probably deserved that. You, you were you were admonished by Roberto probably a little bit over the top. So what you just. Oh wait, put he in did there. another one. Okay, you can put his name on. You can put. He did it again. There we go. And, uh, Patrick <laughs> Mullins. Wonderful. Good job, Liam. All right. Anyway, tickets good. tomorrow. There the it is. Patrick tickets. Mullins. 2-1 loss to Red, at Red Bull Arena, May 10th, 2015. A place where New York City has lost a lot against the New York Red Bulls. Go ahead, uh, Roberto. Yeah, all right. So the cheapest tickets are 23. That's behind the goal. Uh, when you're on the second section – uh, on top, like facing where we are, facing the broadcast booth, uh, forty-five for around the top of the of the uh, of the box, eighty-eight what? for midfield. That's too much money. Yeah, I, you know, I think these are all resale, by the way, too. So let me see if I can get rid of the, the way, verified Liam, resale. Hold on, Liam, let me just check. Excuse me, Roberto. Liam, please email me at that, and then I will uh, engage the ticket process for you. But you have to uh, email me at glencrook01 at gmail.com. And then uh, for correctly answering, yeah, we had some we had some good uh, educated guesses, but uh, Mullins is the man. Patrick Mullins, by the way, retired earlier this year at the age of 30. I mean, he's a guy that – it's two times uh, he he won the Herman Trophy twice. That doesn't happen very often as the top college players at the University of Maryland, the Sasha Swarovski, and really was a boy. He was just he was a goal scorer. I, I just wonder. I just wonder. One day we're going to have him on, or I'm going to get him on my show. I want him to. I, I would really love to know what he thinks happened because that guy was he was pure Ariel. He was. Man, you get him in front of the goal. He just had that finishing stroke, you know? Yeah. But I guess you get to another level, and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, so on top on the second level, $43 in Section 225. There are a few tickets left there for the same place that people are trying to resell for 80 Uh In the corners, it's 32 And then down below where the Red Bull logo is, uh, 75 is the cheapest. Ugh. Oh, there's some 62s in the section next to it. So, all right. So that's right. basically the price point for tomorrow. Go out and support New York city. We'll be there. We'll be on the radio. We are going to be on the radio and the kickoff is a little after eight. 
will be on the air at 745 on the New York City FC Network, Spanish mm-hmm. and English. And on the app. On the app, on the new improved app, which is pretty cool. And uh, that's the New York City FC app. So you could just, and we, we've got to get people to be in tune with listening to the game while they're at the stadium, man. Like, like we used to with our transistors. I would love if just a few people did that. I've been trying to get people to tweet me that are doing it. I, uh, I've gotten one, but I, I want I, more. We have some. I want more. Yeah, we have some and they write us, but you know, there, there is the, Anywhere between five and ten second delay, which sort of I don't care. It's not the same. Yeah, I know you don't care. You're broadcasting. You're not listening. I know the I know the information they're getting. So if if they get if they get our information a little later than they're seeing it, it's it's actually adding an an additional uh, description to it. It's beautiful. That's the way you look at it, Roberto. You're not a very good salesman. (laughs) Listen to Glenn. Uh, all right, boys. Ariel, nice to see you. Roberto, you as well. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at the yeah. uh, up on the roof at Red Bull Arena where we will yeah. be describing the action for you. We would be very disappointed, though, if you're not listening to us either in Spanish or English tomorrow because we don't have our regular TV guys on. And it'll be people that don't know much about the teams other than, you know, whatever they studied. So listen to us, man, and watch the game. And, and if you have to, like – fun. If you, and we're fun, but if you have to like, if you have to adjust a little to get it in sync, just do it. If you're at home and, and not well, if you're point. at home, you can absolutely. I mean, at home, you might be. We might be actually ahead of uh, if they're watching. <laughs> well, they're going to be watching on ESPN for sure. They're going to be ahead. Oh, they're okay. going to have to pause our broadcast for ESPN Plus to catch up okay. to us. Seriously. All right. All right. Well, do that then. But it's do worth that it. Then. All right. Well, congratulations to uh, our friend Liam. And uh, where is he? I want to put him back up again. Yeah, he got Mullins. He, he knew it was Mullins. Liam Never- Nethercott. And, uh, and thanks to everybody for watching and listening and your support on this as uh, we try to uh, be consistent and get this on uh, every week. If, you, uh, if, you, if you're here watching us today but can't always, we also put it up as a podcast. So look out for that to, uh, as well. So for Roberto Bronwitz, Ariel Hudas, I'm Glenn Crooks. And uh, it's a big one tomorrow where New York City is one win, nine losses, and two draws against the Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena in all competitions. Let's see if uh, they can get Nick Cushing his first win. Good night, everybody. They're due. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 